Hello everyone, Karen Glasser here and welcome to Minding Your Mental Health. I'm here with my co-host Rob Glasser. We talk about how a changing world affects our day, today, and what we can do to make life just a little easier. So what are we talking about today, Rob? Uh, we were talking about the role that your neighborhood plays in how you grow up and continue to grow up. And we're going to break it down into three sections, the third one actually leading us to a separate topic of today. But the first one is obvious. It's location, location, location. Where you grow up physically affects who you are, what you do, what you believe, see, etc. Um, if you're in an area that is more affluent, you're obviously going to be used to more of that. If you're in an area that is not as up or lively, you're going to know that. And it does affect when you end up being young adult, adult, or into older age. Um, it's not really necessarily bad or good. I think it's how you learn from the experience. Um, I love, one reason I love history is I love the comparison to what somebody living, let's say, in the 1800s did versus today and noticing the differences of who they became. Um, we talked about once uh, a lot of famous people who live with certain things or who lived through certain things, right. but how they became what they were. Um, so I'll pass it to you for just a quick second here. You know, somebody who might have grown up, let's say, World War One, World War Two, when all there was going on was the war versus somebody growing up now, which, you know, there still is war, right. but it's not as prevalent per se. What would you say is the oh, better I think everything. Or the yeah, I, I think everything affects us, you know, in terms of what's going on in our world. You know, that's the whole expression of nature versus nurture, uh -huh. right? And so I do believe that where we live um, changes our outlook and how we look at things. Um, the time that we live in has changed our outlook and the things. And again, you know, back in the day, I wasn't alive during any of the world wars, um, I'm not that old, Rob, but <laughs> but I I was alive and am alive during things like the Vietnam War and and all those the wars that were going on right. and also um, growing up in the 50s. I was born in the 50s, so it's a totally different time than it is now. Right. However, as we both know, some of the things that we thought were completely gone from life in the 50s seems to be rearing its head again here in 2023. So I don't know. All I think about when I think about the neighborhood is, is Mr. Rogers. And, you know, because he was all about the neighborhood. He was literally all about the people in your neighborhood. So I, I just had a And I think one of the biggest PBS shows there ever was probably next to Sesame Street. But um, right. Yeah, location is a big deal. And whether you live directly in the range of something or not changes right. your perception. Right. Uh, you know, well, I don't touch the news or paper unless it's a happy story, you know, about animals or whatever. So right. I am on the short end of the stick there. So I am not affected as much as somebody would who reads or is there. Does that make it better or worse? Opinions are for you guys if you want to do. For me personally, it has to do with my own well-being. But I do notice that, for instance, not being on social media, 
if, you know, Chris or something sees something on there that happened, I'm kind of oblivious. I'm like, oh, when did that go down? And she'll go, oh, it happened, you know, a couple of years ago. So it does kind of put you in a position where your locale can hinder what you know. But at the same time, from living in, you know, uh, the Valley, SoCal, and kind of still being in SoCal-ish, my location didn't necessarily shape too differently, but driving through different areas that I haven't been to shows what I lived in versus what somebody else might have. So that gives me a better perspective. And that's the kind of perspective I think is more important for your um, compassion and your your consideration to others, right? Yeah, yeah. It also helps us see things through the eyes of other people when we acknowledge, right, what we have each gone through. I mean, we can both go through the same thing. However, what I bring to the table from my past and the things that I've been through and what you bring, we might perceive this completely different. So I totally agree with that. I mean, I'll give you an example, but like this morning we got some groceries and I didn't realize until I got it, but my, my soap I got is actually something when you buy it, it helps underprivileged women and kids in Africa for every cent you buy. And not only is it good, you know, it's, it's a cleansing wash, it's health for whatever, but now when I look at it, I literally now have a different viewpoint because not only did I accidentally do something good, but it actually is kind of cool. I looked at the bottle and it said, you know, 5% of it goes to um, um, uh, body, you know, physical for women's health. Uh, 10% goes to building homes. 11% goes to education. So it's kind of a happy accident. But when you look at the product now, I go, oh, Cool. I have a a question for you because this actually came up yesterday in a conversation. Do you think that when people are doing sales or when they're they're creating things, do you think it would make it more beneficial to have a social um, action or something attached to it? Like you just said. Definitely for sure. If it's if it's done for the right reason. I know a lot of places like, you know, uh, big time coffee shops like Starbucks. They try to, you know, uh, get people to come in who can't work, but it's kind of a different, that's not necessarily the positive way I think, but in the sense of helping an underprivileged country or helping somebody who doesn't get medical care, that I think is always great. But I think you have to make sure you don't lose sight of it being a business and end up doing it for the monetary and forget that you actually did this for, you know, the one thing I hate but love are the ASPCA commercials. Like, it's so depressing watching those poor dogs. But I do appreciate the fact that they do that purposely to, to prove the importance of it. And they do the same thing for children who are hungry or for families who are rare. It's such a depressing thing to watch. But, it. and again, I don't know how these places work. I know a lot of them are more business now than they used to be. But it is still nice to see that at least a part of them, you know, and again, I think it's also the area too. When you're in a place like Louisiana or Mississippi, when I'm watching a home show there, a lot of the homes are redone because of the hurricanes, right? So those guys, even though they usually have the homeowner pay them, they'll actually do it themselves for free or they'll put in some of their own money to help the homeowners, right? And that's the location, location. Here, maybe not so much because we don't have as many disasters so to speak i mean we get the earthquakes but that's not really really and in our fires, control and fires we and the, well, for, uh, what's his name uh fieri when when guy uh fed yeah. all the firefighters yeah. for doing all that like he literally gave him all the food yeah so it's the location so that's number one number two i think is um 
the upbringing. And I think you mentioned it perfectly well. What you bring is what I bring is different. But I think it's also the matter of, and we've talked about it off and on here multiple times, it's the understanding between the two parties. You have somebody like me who is used to the 90s and the 2000s, right? You have you who said used to the 50s and the 60s when when you were growing. It's not so much a wrong or a right. It's a, okay, you know what you know. I know what I do. What makes the most sense, but more importantly, what works for everybody's advantage? And well, that's it what it's like, yeah. Rob, it sounds like you're also connecting generations with neighborhoods, right? So, right? I mean, that's and kind of... plenty of, of times when I watch shows, whatever, and you feel like, I don't know if you're at a hometown, but it's Ben and Aaron who do that. And they sell the, the homes that they're, that they're redoing are 50-year generation homes. Like they're like the people who lived here, they lived here for 35 years before vacating. And that's a big part of it. And that's why people down in the South buy the houses they do because the family there was like a 30, 40-year- Right, there's history. There's history. There's a history to it. So the upbringing is important. And again, it's it's a touchy thing. I get it because, you know, it's kind of like the grandparents think one thing, the parents think one, the kids think one, but it's not really a who's right or who's wrong from my point, it's really a matter of correlating the two things. When, you know, for instance, when I do something on my work and I need your help, I go to you because I know you have the knowledge in the areas. And that is perfectly good to take advantage of and use because you know how to do it. And you'll ask me questions on my end for something like, let's say the gaming, let's say some of that, because that is my, my niche, so to speak. So I think the issue here for neighborhood is that so many people get caught up in I've got to be the right one. You've got to be the wrong one. Do it my way or else. And that just makes things worse. That doesn't. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah. how many times do you read an article that talks about the millennials want to do this or the boomers exactly. want to do this or Generation X or Generation Z? And then I have to look it up because I don't know who's who. I know you're a millennial because it's 81 and higher. And that would make you. I'm a boomer. But there are all those other generations that theoretically, at least the media would like us to think, that we're all different. And somehow, because we were born in a different generation, um, right. you know, that that relationships or neighborhoods or any of those things don't aren't constant. And they are. And they totally are. Just because we were brought up in a different generation doesn't make the reality different. Right. And that's the number three here, with which is community. And this actually comes from LinkedIn. They made a really clever uh, blog here from 2020. And community is the third most important part of what makes a neighborhood a neighborhood. And they actually broke it down of ways that this actually helps you. So this is kind of the, the health part for the show right here. But the first thing here is increasing your confidence and your self-esteem. If you go around telling people no, 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 or do it this way, you're not really going to be boosting anybody's confidence, right? right? You're not going to be making anybody feel good. But if you're in a place where, and again, this is not everywhere, you know, I the one thing I hate is those movies or TV ruins like, hey, Bob, oh, hey, going to get your coffee? You know, it's a little <laughs> too whatever, but it's the right idea. And the fact that you can go in, I think you've talked about how you've gone down and you've had the same like cashier at the market or whatever. If you can go down there and you can, you know, say hi to somebody for a minute and go, hey, you're back or hey, how's the dog or whatever, you're increasing the self-esteem. You're making it able for somebody later in life to put forward the work they need to put forward. 
confidence is not necessarily learned. It's gained from personal experience, if that makes sense, right? Right. right. And that's the first part of community. The second part, achieving a greater sense of purpose. Now, whether you're spending time with your neighbor, whether you're waving hi, we see everybody walking their dogs and we love it. I smile, but there's so many dogs on our street. I'm like, oh my God, another one. That, that just makes me happy. Does it really fulfill the purpose? Well, maybe, maybe not, but it makes you feel like, okay, well, hey, that dude's doing that. That person's doing that. Hmm, what can I do? Back to Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the name, but that's exactly what I think about when, when we live in a community versus living in a house. And I think there's a really big distinction. Now you just moved, right? And I think you right. would probably say you were living in a house, not a community. You have now moved to a new home where you just said, I look outside and I see the dogs. It's, there's so many, it's a community. It's not just a community of dogs because people right. own those dogs, right? So I think there's a, where you live makes a difference on how you feel and it's to tie it into the mental health, obviously. Um, and do you feel like it kind of gives you the purpose of what it is you want to like, actually a perfect example is because you know this, well, I now take a drive every day. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a purpose towards my betterment of going out. So the more I see other people taking a drive, walking mm -hmm. their dog, you know, uh, the next part mm -hmm. here is cultivating resiliency. Now, resiliency can be whatever it is you want. A community of dogs would be fun. That would be fun. I would definitely live in yes, a community of dogs. Where Don't is it? Let us know. <laughs> Don't live with the people. Just deal with the dogs. I'd be like, hey, except I don't know if they'd be able to give you anything. Like, I don't know if you need some milk. Like, I, I No, but they can kiss you and lick you and it's all good. That's true. There you go. And you can touch them and you'll be fine. So, you know, it's good. Uh, but resiliency is important. And a good community, a good neighborhood will help you be resilient. It can reduce stressors you know, help you in recovery. Um, and again, they use the word socializing, but you do it as you wish. You don't have to be chummy. You don't have to be buddy-buddy with whoever, but you can learn how to survive, so to speak, by seeing the happiness or the gratitude, as I like to say, in your community, in your neighborhood. And I think community and neighborhood is, is a, a overlapping word. They're the same. I totally, yes, totally agree. And we live in a, in a planned community um, where there are 5,000 homes here. That would seem like a tremendous amount of homes, but it really is a community. We have the pools that you can go to and be with other people and you can say mm -hmm. hi and like, oh, I, you know, they were here last week and you start to make friends. All of those things. I like living in a community because it's sort of like I don't have to go anywhere to have it. It's right outside my front door. And for oh, me, well, there you go. And you can play golf. And who doesn't like playing golf? Well, that would be me. I've never that played That would golf. be you, yes. But, but I have uh, putters. <laughs> and the last one on the list that they have is extending life and also developing healthy habits. Obviously, most habits you get from your parents, from your grandparents, whoever it is. But learning how other people are doing the work, and this actually brings well into what's happening now. The people who are being smart and using common sense, those are the people you want to follow around. And that gives you the comfort that while there are a lot of so-called not-so-smart people out there, right. there's a large chunk of people that are actually doing the right thing, whether it's masking, whether it's whatever. Um, and that's what gives you the healthy habits. Now, for me, you know, obviously my OCD makes me very healthy habits to the point where maybe it's not so healthy habits, but that's a different story. 
Um, but the fact that, you know, the healthier you can be, the longer you can live, all that good stuff. And it all goes back to the community. And I will say, you know, I don't need to be friends with the people next door, but you know, you drive by, they look at you, they wave you way back. There you go. It's well, as easy as. And there's other neighborhoods too. I mean, your uncle um, is the, uh, the founder of Pico Union, which is a community in the Pico Union area near downtown LA. And they feed the community by growing. Uh, I think we've talked about this by growing vegetables. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right there on the property. And the community comes to volunteer and the community comes as well to be fed because that's what it's there for. So community is not just your outside community can be much bigger than that. It can be an entire, you know, neighborhood of a city block. I mean, it can be almost anything. I mean, I would add to that, you know, your local uh, Salvation Army, your local uh, um, uh, shelter for pets, uh, homeless shelters, uh, food banks, any of those things constitute community. And the more you can do to give or to help, the better said community can become just like he's doing in in his neck of the woods. So I, I would just add that part to there. But every little piece of the community is the piece of the puzzle to make your giant square. Or your giant block in this case. Right. <laughs> Very true. Um, so I want to make sure that people know where they can go pick up um, our free ebook at Finding Your Passion ebook. And they can do that by going to mindingyourmentalhealth.com and pick it up. It's absolutely free because we want you to help. Uh, we want to help you find your passion. Um, also, if uh, you need some support right now, 988, that's the short code. Uh, for mental health awareness. Um, No matter where you live in the country, you can call that number and they will route you to the right place, whether it's a state or a community center, community, there we go. Um, They will do all of that as well. Um, And also don't forget the the two institutions that we like to just remind you of, NAMI, NAMI NAMI.org, as well as NIMH, the National Institute of Mental Health at NIMH.NIH.gov. Boy, that's a mouthful. Um, check that out. Any last thoughts, Rob? Are we going to sing our way out of this? No, we're not. I know we're not. (laughs) I'm not. You might. I don't know. (laughs) So we're not. All righty. So we hope you enjoyed the show today. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your community is like and why it's so, you know, helpful to you. Or maybe it's not. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Go out and give somebody an awesome day. And we'll see you next week on Minding Your Mental Health. Goodbye, everyone.